welcome to the TPM podcast. If uh, you're new to us, you'll know that you won't know that that means theology of plain men. Uh, we're here to talk about any number of theological things insofar as they overlap with normal plain life because we think that's important. I'm here with Zach and Cody. Hello. <laughs> the heck? <laughs> well, I'm I'm moving like two volume knobs at once right now. <laughs> so this is new for us. We added a video camera that none of you can see that maybe someday you'll be able to see, uh, but but not right now. Uh, Cody, our good friend, who I'm looking at on the video screen in the TPM studio, is live from his apartment. Mm-hmm. Got the wine rack and the spice rack behind me. It's almost like I'm there in your basement. Yeah, he's got he's got a much classier background than we do. No offense, Zach. Yeah, this place looks like a a, um, a cross between a dirty dungeon and a man cave. It's it's strange. <laughs> it's strange at best. <laughs> uh, well, what's this the coolest? Is uh, kind of a lonely place to be right now. But we just got back from Ukraine for my brother-in-law's wedding, and we're just taking some precautions and staying home for a little bit. Nice. What is the coolest thing about Ukraine? I've always wondered. I actually think it it reminds me a lot of Wisconsin. Like there are oh, some couple that's large offensive cities. to Ukraine in a very <laughs> big way. <laughs> Good farming, rolling. Oh my gosh. I mean, I don't want to get on the soapbox, but I do think the landscape of Wisconsin is way more interesting than well, at least the southern half of Minnesota. Yeah, that's fair. You know what they say about Ukraine? It's the Wisconsin of Europe. <laughs> oh. I like that. That's oh, funny. That's awful. That's, yeah. Actually, my brother-in-law, Caleb, kept trying to... We, we went to Lutsk, which is where his now wife is from, and he'd keep saying, it's the Paris of the East. And I said, you can't say that. you got to say Paris is the Lutsk of the West. Nice, right. It's <laughs> all about how you frame it. <laughs> well, we're glad you're back safely. Um, so today, I guess I'll just dive into our topic. So our, our, our to topic is going to be about as well formed as this introduction has been, has been, uh, I, I, I've been thinking a lot about investment lately and, and I think the word investment is steeped with like financial juju. And I don't think that that's, I mean, whatever that's warranted. That's a very good example of, of like what investment is. But I think that investment applies to a lot of other things. You can invest your time. Um, and, 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 but the thing that I think is the common denominator for me, when I think about the general broad topic of investment is that time is like the most important operator on, on the process that is going on, on the investment that is either growing or decaying. And, and so as I've been thinking about that in all sorts of corners of life, I considered that perhaps there's such thing as spiritual investment, that there's such thing as some sort of deposit you can make spiritually, either in a relationship or within your own theological understanding, that when worked on by time, we're talking tens of years here, uh, grows into this exceptional, irreplaceable, really, really valuable uh, part of your life, part of your understanding and your relationship with God, um, that you can't just that you can't just pick up. And, and and manufacture later in life just because you want it you could because you've missed out on on you know maybe 30 years of of chipping away at something or 30 years of kind of uh, uh, marinating on a subject so 
I don't know if that if that resonates with you guys at all. Um, I think that the, it bleeds into the idea of discipleship generally, and we can talk about that. But what are your initial reactions to that whole idea? I think one of my first thoughts on investment, uh, Andre, was we were talking a little bit about this before, but you kind of mentioned it in your intro of the topic is you can kind of think of it as these things that you practice little by little, day by day, and it kind of snowballs up. And then also thinking of it in a different way, which is like maybe you become aware of some topic or some thing that you're not fully aware of, and you really just do a deep dive into that thing. And now you're able to bring that with you. So I think a good example, like an example in my life was one winter break in college. I can't even remember why, but I felt the desire to go in depth through the book of Galatians and actually doing that study has given me a lot more appreciation for how Paul writes his letters and what's going on in his letters because I took that concentrated time to learn about one of his letters. And that was an example for me of, I found this topic, this thing I wanted to learn more about. And now, you know, four or five years later, it carries with me as I now continue my study of the Bible. Yeah. And I, I like kind of the way of framing the idea of we'll call it spiritual investment, I guess, um, kind of talking about it like monetary investment. Cause I think there are, we'll use the word deposits. I think we're just going to use these kind of analogy words throughout the podcast here, but there are these deposits that you can make that are going to pay dividends. Um, sometimes in ways that are expected and sometimes in a lot of ways that are not expected. I think God is going to use these things uh, to do things you couldn't have even possibly imagined when you're we- when you're willing to make these spiritual deposits. And I think hopefully we're going to have some things out of this discussion that I think are going to be particularly um, useful to, to maybe the younger Christian uh, or the newer Christian out there who might stumble upon this. Um, there are a lot of things that don't seem fun about Christianity outright in the same way there are a lot of things that are not fun about yeah. uh financial you know investment fun? you know it's not fun putting money into a 401 401k account when you're 24 right that's right. not fun no it's not but in a lot of ways when you talk to people who are financially more mature than you that's like one of the biggest things that's certainly the biggest thing my parents always taught me is as soon as you have the opportunity start putting it away and, and start saving because it's going to pay huge dividends for you um when you think about uh, financially stewarding your money. And I think I, I'm hoping we get some things like that that are going to be particularly useful. Sorry, we're not going to have a bunch, you know, we're not going to, you know, fix the world with this podcast, but I think hopefully we're going to give you some things and maybe some different ways to think about these spiritual disciplines that you maybe haven't thought about before. And hopefully it'll be useful to some of you guys out there. Right. And I think, and I think one, one, you know, more, kind of in the clouds thing to say <laughs> maybe before we start talking practically because I see this as a really practical topic that we sh- that we should spend a lot of time thinking practically about um, but but one more very conceptual idea is that I think this <clears throat> whole model of understanding spiritual investment uh, really is predicated on trust like you know trust the process like that old the sports <laughs> sports team <laughs> slogan like you know every yeah yeah oh yeah yeah uh, it is just like understanding that it might not make sense now. It might not be appealing now, but 
but understanding the the process, I guess, or or understanding the model and tr- and trusting it in it when which like <laughs> which you know financially is is either I don't know trusting the market or just like trusting the economy or the way that things tend to go. Whereas with spiritual investment, it's trusting God. It's trusting his in his promises to um, to sanctify and to develop his people um, and to grow them in righteousness insofar as they are. Um, uh, following him and giving themselves to him. So I, I see that as another great parallel um, in understanding this topic in that way. Uh, um, and and so, yeah, I, th- I think that's... Uh, it's something about the unappealing part of it. Like, it's like a reverse psychology. Like, I play the reverse psychology game and say, like, Oh, if it's if it's if it really feels that bad now, it must be good later on. And <laughs> I think that's maybe like what led me kind of to this topic is because so many I've been t- told and taught in so many ways right now. You know, uh, be skeptical of the things that feel good now, and and maybe give more credence to things that are are a long term view. So, um, well, let's just start talking practically. Like I think Cody gave that example of studying a book of the Bible, and and that was an example of okay, what can we get not figured out because we're not here to figure things out, but what can we develop our understanding of and, and build a good theology of now so that we can benefit from that, you know, relatively complete theology down the road. I think like we've done a, we did an episode on rest. That's one of my favorite topics. And I think that's one that would, that you could pay off on. Like you're always going to need, you're always going to need rest um, throughout your life, throughout your, your family life, throughout your work life. And that's something that if you have a good understanding of it, that'll pay dividends at all sorts of phases, stages down down the road and and the dividends will probably grow because if you are well rested in one phase you're probably setting yourself up um, for for better wellness and better relationships in the next and so that that just like builds on itself it's like it's compounding is what it is to use another financial term so the way I think that, that we could maybe go about this is let's talk about so you just brought one up rest and you just kind of went through that like hey here's here's how this pays dividends for you later on. Uh, I'm thinking we're all going to have the same four or five things written down on our paper here. So I say let's 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 drop one in, and then let's quick roundtable, hit it, and then we'll move on to the next thing, and we'll and we'll kind of roundtable that and and see how this kind of wraps up then for for practical stuff. So I think to me the most painstakingly obvious one here is uh, reading the Bible. When you talk about spiritual deposits. That you can make now that are especially tough for someone who's not really well disciplined, um, like I tend to be. Um, I think that th- that's one thing that I think we, we should we should talk about. And like, what does that mean as you grow more? The idea of investing now in becoming a studier and a reader of the Bible and kind of what that does as you kind of progress. So um, while both of you are a whole whopping one year younger than I am, both of you uh, have both been Christians longer than I have. Um, So when you think about reading the Bible and maybe even reading the Bible in your formative Christian years, I mean, what has that meant for you guys as you've grown, right? So you made that, you've made that deposit at various times in your life and you've continued to invest in that um, aspect of your spirituality um, how have you seen that kind of play out for you guys? Sure. Um, that's a good 
good place to start. I think a lot of people hear we should read the Bible and that's, you know, in some ways as practical as that can be, that can also be very abstract to some people. And that's where my thing came in is, uh, Zach, earlier you mentioned that sometimes just investing in these ways, God acts in ways that you didn't expect him to. And what I kind of found through college, um, kind of the ways I started to read and study the Bible was how valuable it was to have a working understanding of almost all, if not all of the books of the Bible. Like, I think that's a very tangible goal for our listeners. So that would be something where if someone asked you, you know, what is this book of the Bible about? You should at least be able to, I'm I'm not going to say should, but I, I think it is of extreme value to be able to know what's going on in each book of the Bible, because stringing those 66 books together, you now have this bird's eye view of what is the whole story about. And it actually, it made so much more sense to me. The Bible made so much more sense to me when I have a working knowledge of what each book is about. And that's one that kind of came on accident through college, just the way I was studying the Bible and and reading it with other people. And that's one that I think um, if I were to, you know, leave a little challenge with people that would be one is like do you do you think you could give a summary or a working knowledge of each book and um if you can't maybe that's something you could invest in and and find a way to learn a little more about each of the books in our bible uh as michael francis is fond of saying god wrote a book and we have the opportunity to know it and that that's a good challenge for me as i worked through my undergrad years yeah, I think that, you know, so learning is all about creating new associations. And so um, that's why they say, you know, kind of interdisciplinary learning is really good because it prompts you to make lots of very unique and creative associations between things that otherwise wouldn't be connected. And that's the exact reason I think that over time, a great foundation of biblical knowledge pays uh, massive dividends is because you have a greater body of things to make connections between. If you haven't read the Old Testament, you go th- through and read the New Testament, you get to Hebrews, and, and you you don't have, you know, you, you have no—you don't even have the opportunity to connect it to the history and the culture, the, and the Jewish culture, um, and, and so you're missing a lot of the great significance that comes from a book like that. Chapter 11, these great, you know— pillars of the faith you know you get these like synopses of 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 men and women who mm, had great faith in god and are being remembered for that but to not know the backstory of each of them limits the significance of that so that that's what i would comment in kind of off of what cody has said is that is the way i think that that pays dividends over time is that body of associations you're able to make and unveil the the greater the greater uh, significance of scripture in that way Mm-hmm. Yeah, Andre, you had um, a point earlier about scripture memory that I think um, oh, yeah. you should you should take that one. Yeah, so that yeah, thanks. So that's that's kind of the al- the alternative version of this investment idea is, is is instead of as we've said, you know, um, committing to not mastery but really mm, learning a lot in a shorter period of time about something so that it can pay off in the coming period of time. Uh, there's also the idea of like slowly chipping away at something, you know, so like putting your spare change in the jar 
every day for 10 years and then going on vacation with it or whatever. I think the equivalent, an equivalent example in spiritual investment for that would be uh, a scripture memory, right? So um, it doesn't necessarily pay to memorize a <clears throat> hundred verses next week and then, I mean, it would, I guess, but but it's kind of impractical, right? And so it's much easier to memorize one verse a week for a hundred weeks. Um, and then and then you find yourself in two years with this great, uh, you know, body of verses that you reflect on and that come to mind in certain situations uh, uh, during your life, which I think are really powerful. And I would even say more so um, at at the attack of the enemy, how much more armed are you when you when you have that bank? So this this vacation worth of scripture memory of the spare change of. Of of scripture, I'm all about the analogies today, you guys. I'm all over this. Uh, this, you know, you've added up all these things, and now you are armed and prepared, and you have this this arsenal to which you can go at war uh, against the enemy with. Yeah, um, guys, just kind of, I should give some credit where credit is due, and I'm going to do something I shouldn't do. Um, I'm going to give Michael Francis credit for something he said on this podcast uh, a while back. I can't That's remember. That's a bad it. idea. It's a don't, yeah, he, his head already has a hard time like fitting through we, doorways. You know, <laughs> we rip on Michael, especially for his intros. Oh my gosh. Especially for his intros, but he actually did a half decent job of closing one out when he was um, talking about scripture memory. And he, <laughs> he said, instead of memorizing a bunch of fantasy sports stats, what if you took some time to memorize scripture? And I'll say I wasn't memorizing um, fantasy sports stats, but I did take that one to heart. And I can testify this year that making that more a part of my daily life has influenced the way I um, think through serving others. I, I mean, it's I've committed most of Philippians 2 to memory specifically because of this challenge from Michael. And it, it really has refreshed me to sit and soak in that chapter and uh, I'll be looking for new ones soon, but I just wanted to give Michael a shout out because he doesn't get enough of them. So, uh, yes, definitely uh, give Michael that shout out. He, every once in a while, yes, he does say some things that are wise and and worthwhile. Anyone who knows me knows that Michael is single, like singly, like the most influential person from a wisdom standpoint in my life. So as much as I rip him, I, I absolutely agree with you, Cody. So in the spirit of moving on to another one, I'm going to pitch another one over to you guys that I we didn't really talk about before we got started here, uh, but I'm going to throw this over. Uh, recently, we talked about friendship in, in on the TPM podcast. If you haven't listened to that one, go listen to it because it might apply here. Uh, the idea of spiritually investing in friendships and relationships and how those pay dividends throughout your your Christian life. Uh, so for me, uh, we've already talked about it, uh, Michael Francis, my willingness to invest in his uh, friendship from a spiritual perspective, from a Christian perspective, and, and investing in that continually um, has paid dividends in the way God has used him in my life to reveal sin to me in my life, to help me become wiser myself, um, to help me in times of trouble and need um, that I've even seen returns in our, in our truthfully, in the term of a lot of people's lives, like a lot of people have friends for 30, 40, 50 years. And Michael and I have been friends for six, seven, eight, whatever it is. 
Um, so even in that short time, what God's done, I can only imagine investing that over decades, what that's going to be like. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what, so it begs the question. So what is, what is that initial investment? What is the deposit as we've been, as we've been saying, what does that deposit look like? And I think that that would harken back to, uh, well, yeah, to the, to the friendship episode where we even talked about this again, but also to the vulnerability episode that deposit is, is basically uh, vulnerability, right? So it's committing to something uncomfortable and, and saying that you're bought into this and then letting time, uh, do its thing with, with that mutual respect and trust that emerges from vulnerability, which I think is such a powerful, um, powerful force. Uh, but right. I, but I totally agree that there's something, there's something about old friends that can't be you, you know, there's a Ben Rector. I hate that. I just, I, I know this. Ah. There's a Ben Rector lyric that says you can't make new old friends, right? I'm pretty sure. And and you know what? The that, only reason I say that, and like I'm going to defend myself. Lyric. I know, I know. And I'm going to defend myself <laughs> and one, say though. that the only reason I know that is because somebody else quoted that to me when we were talking about a very, very similar topic. <laughs> there we go. Well, what do you think, Cody? Um, I thought that that's really a good point about the friendship podcast. That was a really good one for me to listen to in the airport coming back from Ukraine. Um, I even taking it a little more practically, like the direct influence that you have um, in those times. Cause like I think of where I came from through high school and how God placing Christian influence on me in those formative years, like that directly impacted me there. But also now, you know, reflecting back on my high school time, you know, eight plus years later, that is in a sense an investment in an area where I could have fallen off on a lot of different pitfalls, but now I didn't have to like live through that or quote unquote, like find my way back. Um, Instead, I could be maturing in my faith. And that was like an interesting way for me to think of it too, is like how your friends, um, directly impact you now and how like how you're living now keeps you on the path to maturing in your faith instead of regressing. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, to me, that's one where it, it, it is, there's a lot of instant gratification, um, with that one. Um, so I, I think that's really good to think about. You shouldn't always necessarily think about your friendships as like deposits and something to be gained from this. <laughs> so go listen to the friendship podcast. I say the act, the actually the exact opposite of that yeah. during that podcast. Yeah. But, um, to me, it's clear that it's not that you think that that's going to happen. It's just objectively God does it. And it's just a thing that happens that that he just does. So that's really more what I think is, is the point to be grasped. So I'm going to pitch one over to you guys. I think three is a nice round number for things to think about deposits here. I think we've got two really good ones. Here's my third one. We are theology of plain men, right? So to me, this one is a little headier, but I'm going to kind of give you an example and I want to see where you guys go with it. So the idea of investing in not just like reading the Bible, not just like, spiritual concepts, but the idea of investing in higher theology and how that pays dividends later on. So let me, let me maybe uh, explain. So when, when we started this, this, uh, show, we were on Facebook live, we called it a hick, a hipster and an Amish guy go on Facebook live. Uh, that was me, Michael Francis, Matt Omquist. We'd go on Facebook live and we would take a concept. We'd talk about it. And what we did is we would read up on these concepts that we were thinking about and we tried to approach them from a theological perspective. 
And truthfully, I didn't care about theology much before we started doing this. But what we started doing is I, I took a concept and I said, okay, um, I ought to uh, care about th- this isn't this is like a tier two or tier three on the term of like tiers of importance type of a topic. But what does it do for me as I start to learn about God? So approaching a topic like um, spiritual gifts or alcohol or even one that is is probably higher than a tier two or tier three, but still equally as tough, something like a predestination or prosperity gospel, the health and wealth gospel, um, the emergent church, like going into these concepts that are, are real heady and real deep and are not always as black and white as you'd like them to be um, in, in scripture um, and, and sifting down in them and really digging in philosophically, theologically and doctrinally. And what to me, I'll say for my personal experience, what that's done is that's given me a better platform to grow closer to God, to learn more about his character and how his character is expressed beyond the surface level concepts, the, the, the milk of doctrine that Paul writes about, right? Getting into the solid food concepts, um, to me has, uh, largely changed how I approach God, how I view God, and and how I learn and grow, even on a concept that I haven't necessarily read about, I find when I approach a new concept, I have this platform of theological study that, like, it, it almost like I have a stepping stone to get into a new concept. So as theology of plain men, right, we are purveyors of theology. We think theology is important. Uh, I don't know what do you, what do you guys think when you when you think about you know, as you've looked at a, a concept that's a little more heady, a little deeper, a little tougher to get around. Um, and when you've made that investment, what has that done for you thus far? And, and how do you see that impacting you into the future? I think that's uh, after that. <laughs> so it took a while to set up, but it's a really good topic to discuss, Zach. That was the <laughs> longest question ever asked. Period. I still don't know if I'm sure what the question was, but I think I <laughs> that's how you know it's a good it. question. <laughs> um, so I'm going to start with this idea of I love the picture that like Jacob was renamed Israel, which means wrestles with God, precisely because he literally got in a wrestling match with God all night. So, uh, to me, this is like this big topic of like being a person who wrestles with God, who wrestles with your faith as you try to work it out and you try to figure out what this all means. And when I think of learning a little more about like theological topics or having these associations, as Andre put it earlier, to to go off when you think about new topics and you think about things that matter. For me, it's that difference between that person who wants to work this out in community, wants to wrestle with the spirit, wants to wrestle with God as you try to figure out what is God trying to get at in this book and how you're living your life versus the person who is content to just take what is told them from someone else. And I think that is a sign of maturity. It's someone who accepts responsibility, accepts the challenges presented to them with faith and with understanding the Bible and with living it out instead of just you know, being like a child taking orders. And so for me, like tackling some of these bigger theology questions has really helped me in my own faith to wrestle 
with God on these topics and to realize that he's forming me, even if I don't come to the same conclusions as every, you know, as other humans, but in my relationship with him, I'm wrestling and growing and trusting him more because of that, because I have to trust him because there's, there is a limit to what I know and what I can know. So I would suggest an example that is, that should be very relatable to our listeners. If, if you are any sort of regular listener, which I'd like to think that we have some of those, a couple. <laughs> uh, it, it's basically like Andre's grandma and <laughs> like maybe one of my high school friends. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> uh, so those two people, can, uh, could, Does could, Marn count as a listener if she's in the other room and can probably hear me podcasting? T- technically, I think so. <laughs> yes, we'll we'll count that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it would be this like do do a quick meta analysis of the TPM podcast, right? So let's say that this was your this is your theological investment. A basic our 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 basic conclusion to almost any topic is like okay, it's somewhere in the middle, and check your heart. So like the fact that you could then approach. Other topics that are like practical theology, <laughs> you can probably approach that. Look, you know, taking into consideration the conclusion of, well, three not very wise and very plain uh, men who <laughs> who try their best, uh, and and to and to like, you know, that's kind of jokey, but and I think that we do better than somewhere in the middle do a heart check most some of the times <laughs> um, you can at least approach that new topic with the framework that is presented in past in in past experiences engaging practical theology so that's just taking this podcast as an example because we do really like really practical things at least so far um, and and lots of that we haven't like we haven't done alcohol Zach mentioned alcohol and we haven't I don't think we've talked about alcohol on the podcast yet and I'd like to but but it's one of those ones where it's like okay what what do you do you you know what is what does TPM do they they look at some scripture and they discuss it in community and then they 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 check kind of where they're at that tends to be well that's at least Andre's practical application is well just think about it you know <laughs> I <laughs> love these so digs you've been taking at yourself lately. yeah I did that last time you did this last time too <laughs> well it's true cool. I mean I I want to be better at coming up with something you know, more like solid and practical. Last week, my whole thing was okay. Print it out and tape it on the mirror, which which is better, but yeah, <laughs> but not by much. No, but I think I think you're you're pointing out something that is that is like really really good when you think about theology because theology is scary. Like I remember like looking at these topics and just thinking to myself, as a new Christian, all I ever saw was these topics divide the church. I never saw them pursued in a way that could that could truthfully unite right because if it's not for the edification of the church what's the point um right if, if we're if this isn't edifying anybody why are we doing it right for our for sorry for your edification and our verbal processing that's how we approach theology and and i wrote down a couple of things on on my spiritual investment i said care about theology that that was my that was like my the, like my thesis statement for that's the investment here. That's the deposit. Um, I think it, it that God makes you a better witness when you care about theology. A lot of th- stumbling blocks that people have to the faith, a lot of them aren't like they're, they're pretty heavy like concepts like how can God be good when there's when there's the problem of evil. That's an extremely theological concept when you get down to the to the nitty gritty of it. That's not a, a real quick, quick conversation there 
you have to be willing to dive in theologically to give a sound answer to that question. So God can make you a better witness by being a better theologian. Um, it lets you learn more about who God is, right? That's going to pay dividends later on in your life because you're going to have a better understanding of the person of God and how he is going to interact with you. You're going to have a better understanding of the goodness of God, of the love of God, of the, the wisdom of God, the more you dive into deeper concepts about him. Um, and, and my last two is, it, may, it obviously, I think this one to me is obvious, it makes you a better teacher. Um, the, the more obvious, like to me, it's like, you know, more you can teach more. Like to me, it is truthfully that one-to-one, at least on some level, there's a lot of stuff in there that, to being a good teacher and bad teacher, whatever, whatever. Uh, but secondly, the more you dive into theology, the better of a learner you become as well. I, I wholeheartedly believe being a good learner is like a core tenant to having a good life period. I'm not like, I'm not even going to like, it may, like it's going to make you good at your job. Like it's going to make you better at your job. Going to make you better as a student. Going to make you better as a spouse. Going to make you better as a parent. And it's really going to make you better as a Christian. Like, like God is going to use that. And better is, is not a good word to you. I'll, I'll admit that being a better Christian, not, a, not a good word to use, but if you're willing to be a good learner, that, that's a very humble stance to take. Being a learner is humbling yourself. If you're willing to do that and to invest in that, um, God is going to use that in spectacular ways. So, so that's my elevator pitch for investing in theology is TPM. So let's go around the horn here real quick. Let's, let's, uh, let's try to wrap it up. If, the, uh, if you're going to leave one thing with the listener about spiritual investment, what would it be? Cody. I'm going to go back to what I said at the beginning. I think a good practical challenge for the listener is see if you could work yourself to uh, a working knowledge of each book of the Bible, because that's going to go with you for the rest of your life as you're studying the Bible and trying to understand what is God trying to communicate through this book to us as we seek to live it out. I see the most potential in relationships in identifying um, other believers who you can put that small deposit, maybe not so small deposit of vulnerability with, and then let uh, <clears throat> let that relationship mature and develop over time until you get uh, Ben Rector's cherished old friends. But, but and I mean, I would also recommend we didn't really talk about this, but I would also recommend making that deposit with people who are not Christians and and letting that slow burn ministry do its thing, um, proving proving yourself. Um, just like as a, a steadfast follower of Christ, I think goes a long way and time is a totally irreplaceable factor. Let that 401k of relationships flourish. Uh, it is not going to nearly take a dive the way my 401k has this year. Uh, my practical application, uh, super, super simple. It's simple, but it ain't easy. Read that book, read the Bible, right? If there is like, and it's going to apply to every single one of these things. There is nothing better as, as to specifically to the new Christian or the young Christian. There is nothing better you can do. I, I, tr I really, really believe this. Uh, some people might disagree, but that's okay. There's nothing better you can do to learn about God, who he is, what he's done, and his history than reading the word. I truly believe that the word is the way that God communicates with the world mostly. That is the primary way that God is 
communicating to us, teaching us, and helping us learn more about who he is. Read the book. That is like the just any of it. Go to any part of it and just read it. it <laughs> whatever it really, takes. Whatever. Just open it, read it. I promise over time it's going to pay huge dividends. All right. Well, that's good. That was a good practical end to a very practical podcast. This has been Theology of Plain Men. And as always, we hope this verbal processing was edifying. Have a great week. Thank you.